We're rolling again, guys. Hi, and welcome to the UNA show. My name is Anish, and with me is Utpal. Uh, sorry about the last two weeks. Uh, we really haven't started our schedules yet. And uh, yeah, man, but we have put out put out some uh, goals in place, you know. So in order to you know really script out uh, during the week and you know get all our guests on board and finish everything during the week so that we are ready to shoot on the Saturday. Uh, that was sugar coating in the true sense of the word, but, <laughs> but those are that's the goal. Uh, how we go about it now matters. Yeah. Okay, cool. So without much further uh, chat, we are getting to the topic of the day, which is basically supplementation. Supplementation. What does it mean? And do we really need them or not? So a lot of times in the gym and around when we when they know that we're involved in strength and conditioning, we see a lot of people asking us about supplementation. If people want to take pre-workouts, if people have to take an additional dose of protein, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, these questions are very legitimate, very true. Uh, there are a lot of myths surrounding this as well. The other day, somebody just on the you know I was having a conversation with somebody. I'm just giving an example of a myth, you know, when somebody came to me and said, uh, what does body heat mean when we consume protein, you know, just stuff like that. And yeah, I know, right? Like, I can't eat too much eggs because they give me heat. Yeah, so what does that really mean? So we have to clarify that uh, it means that it's the thermic effect of feeding. It's an effect that happens and protein has the maximum thermic effect of feeding. Without getting too technical, that's what we had to speak about and how it contributes to metabolism. It's a major contributor to metabolism and stuff like that. So when that happened, uh, we realized that this is something that we have to put out and people have to know about it so that uh, there is some knowledge at least amongst people when they have to consume stuff. Yeah, totally. Because uh, I mean, it's projected, you know, for the supplement industry to hit 200 billion US dollars by 2025. And that's a mad number. And, and there's so much marketing out there and, and there's so much bad information out there regarding supplements. That, and because it's, it's like I said, it's an industry, people have to buy stuff, yeah. And they just need more and more people buying more and more supplements, even though it might not really do them any good. Uh, so, I mean, over the counter, you get vast amount of supplements, whether it be protein, fat burners, vitamin supplements, your minerals, your this, that, this, that. So, people just don't know what to do. Like you said, we've got a lot of people who come in and, you know, ask us like, is it, do I need a protein supplement? Do I need this supplement? Do I need that? And so we just want to like take a step back and break it down. Yeah? So I mean, let's get down to the definition of what a supplement means, right? So if you actually Google uh, the word supplement, Google says a thing added to something else in order to complete or enhance it, right? So it is something which is extra. It is it is it is built on a base, a base of True. yeah, a base of good nutrition, good sleep habits, uh, yeah. See, a lot of times we see a lot of people doing, you know, having three, not having three meals a day, not sleeping enough, not doing the basics right, and yeah. then talking about supplementation, yeah. saying I'm just going to take the supplement and feeling that that will sort their scenes yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, you've heard of the word called stack, yeah, the supplement stack. Like they might not be eating, they might not be yeah. sleeping well, but without any kind of failure, they'll be having some 10 to 15 pills a day, uh, four to five scoops a day. But 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 in the long run, that's really bad for you because because it, after all, it's all process stuff yeah also in this industry i've also noticed that people go with the brand they don't see what the protein has or what the commodity has they just yeah. go and buy a brand so that is an attitude that has to change people should start seeing what they're consuming first and then go for the brand i think marketing has just totally won in that game yeah you know, for like, sure for sure and the thing is that even if they go with looking at the uh, the constituents of the supplement or what is written on the bottle right even that is not regulated very well 
So you, you really don't know that even what is what is written on the bottle really means is what is there in the dabba that you're eating. And so, yeah. agencies like Informsport and stuff like that, it's very expensive to go and get yourself tested. Yeah. Uh, we see a lot of uh, fake stuff out in the market. Uh, people like us might notice, people like us might not notice also. Yeah, right? that's so, true. So, so regularizing it and regulating it is something that again has, is going on right now, it's in right. the process. But uh, it's there's still the miles to go in that uh, in that regard. Right. So we just want to cover a bit about what kind of supplements we can take or which is you know generally considered safe. And if you do not even drink the supplement, what you can have pre-workout, what you can have post-workout, something like that. All right. So next question. Um, a pre so we're going to talk next about pre-workout supplements and post-workout nutrition. So the question here really is. Coming to pre-workouts, yeah. do we really need a pre-workout supplement or not? We're going, to, we're going to just have an analysis on the cost to the benefit ratio. So, Paul, what do you think about pre-workouts? So, I have a pre-workout right in front of me here. Right. right. So, it's a psychotic. Yeah, psychotic. Yeah. Pretty famous in <laughs> India. Yeah. So, a lot of people, a lot of, uh, a lot of people take this. Uh, going surely by technicalities. Yeah. It contains beta alanine. It contains L-citrulline malate. Yeah. Right. So what it does is it is a stimulant, right? It is a vasodilator. Yeah. It makes it increases blood flow. It increases heart rate. It increases attentiveness, right? Basically, it does that. So let's say you've gotten a good eight hours of sleep, right? You're fresh coming into the gym. You're you've eaten well. I feel I don't need a, a pre-workout. Honestly, honestly, that makes sense. I feel right now it's more of a habit, you know, that if you don't take your pre-workout, I don't feel like working out. Yeah, it's become more of that. As in everyone's got their own pre-workout rituals. Yeah, some people, some people like having their coffee. Some people like having a banana. Some people gets them in the zone. Gets them in the zone. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how pre-workout becomes because after all, it's a stimulant. A stimulant is something which, like like the word suggests, like stimulates your nervous system. But it, there's only so much stimulation that a stimulant can do before your nervous system or your body just adapts to it, right? And then that that kind of stimulation just goes out to the top. Anish is smiling when he says uh, stimulation. Stimulation. <laughs> <laughs> I should keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean personally what works for me, if, as long as I can get a cup of coffee in, uh, and maybe a banana. So if, if someone's really working out early in the morning, right? Uh, I would just suggest you guys to like have a small bit of banana. Now, the only reason I suggest to eat banana is just to get some uh, some glucose in to get your uh, blood sugar levels up. Uh, because because as we as as we must be knowing, glucose is your main uh, fuel source for your body. So if you really don't want to spend enough on a on a pre workout supplement, you don't really have to. As long as you can, even if you don't feel like doing anything, if you go on an empty stomach, good for you, man. You don't really have to have something. But personally, I just make sure I have a cup of coffee before I start. Yeah, again, as I say always, there is no one size fits all. Exactly, exactly. So I basically do not take pre-workouts at all. Fair. For somebody else who lifts yeah. at least a lot more than I do, they take a lot of pre-workout as right. well. So yeah. it's again, somebody else who's not lifting as heavy as I am is also taking less. I'm just not saying lifting is a measure of measurement. Right. But I'm just taking it as an example. Right. Uh, so yeah, there is no one-size-fits-all approach. But all it does it is it's uh, a stimulant. Yeah. So bottom line, anyone can can take a pre-workout. Not a big issue. You know, it just depends on your choices and your preferences. True. Getting to a post-workout. Uh, let's talk about what happens to the body post-workout. What do you think happens there? once we finish like a huge strength session or we've done like an insane metcon? Yeah. What do you think happens to the body and, and what do you think we need to do to supplement the body or bring it back to 
normal. So primarily, I'll just talk about the mental aspect first, and then come to the physical aspect, right? right? So what happens along the workout is is most of the times there is something called the feel good factor that sets in, mm-hmm. right? So what happens is you push yourself ninety percent of the time. You know, when there is a feel good factor, when you're pushing yourself throughout, uh, there is a feel good factor right after. If they're not pushing themselves well, I think they should come to the outfit gym. <laughs> nice plug, is product place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Generally, due to the you know uh, burning of calories, you know the tiring of the mind, tiring of the body, what we generally say is uh, we consume more carbs post endurance. Endurance is something that we do, uh, let's say, uh, for a longer period of time. Right, right. Because uh, the body's uh, glucose stores have gone down. Yes, so exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's exactly what we're looking yeah. at when uh, endurance uh, training happens, right? So for a strength session, right? So we we look at more uh, muscle protein synthesis later because muscle protein breakdown would have happened right. along the way. So a lot of uh, protein breakdown would have resulted in uh, minute muscle tears. That's what causes soreness in the yeah. end, right? So that is again getting a little too technical into it. But what we generally suggest uh, through our scope of practice is that we recommend that there is a higher dose of protein post strength, higher dose of carbs post endurance. Right. And this is a point written out in bold that even weight loss clients have to consume enough protein for the body, at least one point five. For sure, for recovery, they have to times yeah, your body weight in yeah. And what about what do you think about the the feeding window, the window of opportunity, the two hour window? You know, I've seen because I've seen so many people around so many gyms. Like as soon as the workout is finished, they cannot wait to like rush and get their protein shake and you know slam in. Twenty five to thirty grams of protein. Uh, what do you think about that? Because I I feel like that that's really stupid. Uh, your body is not you don't want to die if you don't immediately have your protein, True. right? Uh, because like like we said, after a workout, your main fuel source is glucose, right? And since your glu- glucose levels have gone up, we need to get that back up, right? And uh, honestly, I feel a, a good amount of or like a simple stuff like a banana. Or uh, or something which gives your body blood sugar levels back up quickly is more important than rushing for that protein shake uh, because like like if if you get a little more technical, uh, glucose spikes the insulin in your body True. yeah and insulin has been proved to be an anabolic uh, uh, anabolic hormone basically which helps you in in building up your muscles and you know and helping you recover faster so honestly from from my experience and from my learning. Uh, I feel you guys also need to focus on getting a bit of a good amount of carbohydrates as well, even if it is a strength training workout, just to get the insulin levels back up oh, and okay. give that a equal or if not more importance than that shake of protein that they always run behind. Hmm. Carbs are not bad. So, carbs are not bad. So this is also something that we heard a lot. Carbs yeah. are bad for me. Carbs are bad for you. Yeah. Carbs are carbs are not the bad guys. Honestly, it's power of marketing. Man. Like, True. In the seventies and the eighties, it was the fats. And then it became the carbs. And I don't know what's going to be next. So the 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 body is uh, systemic and need based in the sense that when you're hungry, you're supposed to eat. That's it. That's that's, it. that's how it's designed, and that's how it has to be taken forward. So when you're hungry, eat well, but fill in the boxes. Eat enough protein. Take enough carbs. Have a bit of fats. You yeah, know, it helps a lot. It goes a long way when you eat when hungry. You know, don't leave the body in hunger for too long. Yeah. Making sure you eat on time that also takes you a long, long way. In uh, in the long run, that's always what works. You know, if you have like a short term weight loss plan where you're like starving yourself, eight hundred calories a day, maybe you know that can work for a short term. You know, two weeks, three weeks max. Anything long term, that's not going to be the answer for your goals. Yeah. Right. 
cool so bottom line what do you think utpal post workout nutrition what is most important post workout nutrition i'd say tick boxes tick boxes ethic every box that there is there uh, we have somebody outside the window and anish is staring so uh, anish back <laughs> back on track he's getting himself stimulated <laughs> no not really <laughs> some stimulations out of uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, coming back to post workouts, I feel post workouts are something where you got to tick your boxes at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, be it an endurance workout, be it a strength workout, be it uh, uh, anything, anything yeah. that you do, make sure you tick your boxes. Make sure you're having enough protein. But again, as I said, you do not have to rush to that. Uh, exactly. Shape. Exactly. You do not have to go. You don't have to like push people out of the way and you know break stuff just to get your <laughs> shake of protein into your stomach. Yeah, <laughs> I've so, done that before. I've been guilty. I've been guilty. We've all been doing that, yeah. Like move out of the way, move out of the way. I need to get my bag, get my protein. Yeah, so a little bit of protein, little bit of uh, carbs, simple carbs. You know, like not some oats and stuff. You know, just some banana or fruit is best. And as soon as you can, get back home and have a nice hearty meal. That should be enough uh, for your post-workout needs. Okay, uh, moving on. Talking about. BCAA. BCAA. Okay, we're getting a little more technical with the next two topics. So BCAA is uh, something that is a uh, very commonly sold over-the-counter supplement. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people talk about it. So what are BCAA? Yeah. They are branched chain amino acids. <laughs> branched. <laughs> They're branched chain amino acids. And uh, what are amino acids? They're broken down forms of protein. That is yeah. the form of protein that the body understands, right? Exactly. The body understands and accepts. Okay. So when you take in branch chain amino acids, there are three of them that people know and people have studied about: is leucine, isoleucine, and valine. I'm getting a little technical, but it's fine because people have to know it. Yeah. Right. And uh, talking about essential and non-essential amino acids. So essential amino acids are amino acids that the body needs. The body cannot generate on its yeah. own. Uh, I had uh, an abbreviation that I learned for my exam when I studied for my CSCS. I call it H I L L M B T D N B. All right. <laughs> so these are the nine. Essential. Sure, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can say it out loud also, but <laughs> I can I can expand that. But that was good enough. <laughs> So these are the essential amino acids that the body cannot essentially generate. Uh, so it <laughs> it comes uh, uh, from external sources, right? So non-essential amino acids are amino acids that the body need uh, not yeah. uh, generally need. Basically, they can actually produce that, yeah. or they not they not really needed by the body. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, so coming to essential and non-essential, for example, uh, there are some combinations of food which, when had together, for example, uh, they when you talk about brown rice and dal, mm-hmm. is a complete food food profile option. Yeah, uh, many people don't know that. Uh, many people think that okay, vegetarian food, I not get my all my uh, amino acids. But uh, so when you have like a, a combination of different kinds of food, uh, you have a complete pro- protein profile. Uh, now, when you come coming back to BCAA, people talk about why it's so important. Uh, there are some, there are some, some, some particular uh, things about BCAA that that other essential amino acids don't have. So these these are the main ones which improve your uh, your recovery from a hectic workout. They they relieve soreness, fatigue, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but still, you need to understand the bottom line that they're still only amino acids. 
Uh, they can be got from any regular protein powders. From, like you don't really need to have them. Most protein protein. powders also have BCAA. Yeah, like, like if you have whey protein, whey protein is a is a complete profile uh, a protein on its own, right? Any kind of animal protein on that on that matter is a complete protein. So if you're having chicken, beef, or any kind of non-veg options, yeah, they are all complete proteins. Not the kind of protein you. Have. Not the non-veg that uh, we <laughs> <laughs> usually gets. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, the the ones that we eat and cook, yeah, the cooked ones. Uh, so yeah, you don't really need to order um, an over the to- over the top BCAA supplement, you know. And and also, I've seen a really uh, a really me- a big myth about BCAA is that people really jump into um, having them during their workout. Have you seen that before? People having BCAA workouts during their work, BCAA supplements during their workouts. Which I think is complete bullshit because it takes a good two hours or three hours of protein to digest. Uh, however, broken down it is. However, yeah. easy to absorb. Yeah. Leucine, isoleucine, and valine can be absorbed quicker, yeah. but it's still not going to be immediate for sure. We are not machines. Right. We are humans. It takes time to absorb uh, whatever you. You have to digest protein. It's not like glucose where it can be absorbed through your bloodstream and you immediately get that high of a. Of a, of a sugar rush that we talk about, right? Uh, but BCAA as a protein cannot be absorbed fast. Therefore, having them during a workout or five minutes before a workout is not going to work. If you want to have a BCAA or protein supplement, best to have it at least one hour or one half hours before your workout starts. So, do we need it or not? Just answer this question to me. No, no we, don't, we don't really need it. It's, it's just another marketing gimmick. As long as you, if, if you're already having weight, uh, that's about it. You don't really need BCAA. But I. It really tastes good, so I, that's why. Oh I, yeah, it tastes. It amazing. tastes amazing. So if you have those strawberry and those those berry flavors that they come out with, tastes amazing. And I believe that that taste. That's what that, they say about me. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you if you really uh, man, you're, you're spoiling my chain of thought. <laughs> <laughs> what they're saying? Yeah, so I mean, I think it's just a flavoring which actually gives you a nice uh, high when you have the BCW during your workout. But uh, bottom line, I feel you don't really need BCW supplements. Uh, they are a marketing gimmick. They just want uh, that's just to make you spend more money uh, when you uh, in your fitness journey. Uh, what about you, Paul? What do you think? I think I'll have it for the taste. You have, but not taste. for whatever they say it does. And then we can just have Gatorade, man. That's just the job. But this I can have. Uh, there's a powder and I can make it wherever I want. I don't have to go to a store and buy it. Fair enough. Okay, convenience. Okay. Convenience. That's about yeah. it. Moving on. So we're done with BCAAs and yeah. uh, we've talked quite a bit about it. So now we're going to start talking about creatine. So what do we do? Why do we do it? Uh, why do we have it? And uh, how does it help? Right. So uh, I'll, I'll just give you a brief about creatine. Right. So when we start uh, working out. There are three or four energy systems that exist. Uh, energy systems consist of creating ATP, that is adenosine triphosphate, which is the energy and the powerhouse of our body. Right. So creatine helps in the phosphagen energy system. I'm going really, really technical here. So basically, what what he means to say is that if you do anything explosive in our workouts, right, you have an, you have a kind of fuel in your body, and that is fueled by your creatine that you have already stored within your muscles. Now, anything lesser than six seconds is what the textbook says. Yeah. Right. So anything, any explosive in your body. Yeah. yeah. So even resting training to a, to a limit uh, also uses a bit of creatine stored in your muscles. Uh, and the same creatine supplement that you see uh, in stores is is the same creatine that we're talking about that is already in your muscles. So supplementing with creatine can actually help you um, give you like a two second 
a two second um, extra time to that explosive action that we were just talking about. So like six, for a 100 meter sprint. Yeah, yeah, 100 meter sprints. Or let's say if you're doing your Olympic lifting, yeah. you need you need to have add one more rep in. Yeah, or if you're doing like a heavy squats, you need to do that one more rep. Is something that you're you're creating can actually help you. It's been true, proved. True. Yeah, it's, been, it's one of the oldest supplements in the market. It's one of the most highly researched supplements in the market. Uh, one of the safest, I think. Yeah. Um, and 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 there are there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, myths this thing myths about creatine that it causes kidney failure and stuff like that. Um, creatine does actually uh, cause some kind of water retention, which is also true. Therefore, you have to drink some extra amount of water if you are supplementing creatine. That is that is a given. Uh, but apart from that, um, it's pretty safe, pretty good, and uh, that's the job. And it's cheap, so yeah, it's cheap. cheap and available. It is cheap, guys. If you really want to actually have some kind of supplement, creatine is uh, both from the cost benefit uh, ratio, the cost and the benefit uh, ratio. Creatine is uh, recommended by me. But also, uh, <laughs> what it does is any activity that you do has to cross through the phosphagen system, right? right. So anything that you do, even if you're doing a long distance run, mm -hmm. it has to first go through the phosphagen system, yeah. then the glycolytic, and then to the oxidative. So this system will be taken for energy generation, energy creation, for it energy creation, whatever you do. So that is why I feel creatine is extremely essential. It is, it is. And if you if you are someone who is into explosive training, into sprints or you are doing your heavy resistance training or some heavy ass strength endurance stuff, uh, creatine is uh, recommended man, you can go for it. Uh, Pardon alright. Uh, I'm tired bro. <laughs> <laughs> right, we have some space to get to as well. Yeah, so, Anish, uh, there are a few people calling Anish, so, thank you very much for tuning in today, uh, that's all for today's episode. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening. I'd also like to apologize for not being regular over the last few weeks. Yeah, one, uh, one a week, one a week, guys. Yeah, promise. one a week from now on. Uh, we promise to have a guest. We don't know who it is because we don't, don't know, know ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, see you next week. Uh, yeah, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and iTunes so that you never miss an episode. Thank you. Take care. Cheers.